Welcome to the Whole Being series. Join me, your host, Warren Williams. I would like to thank you for being here and being present. Welcome to my portal, where we dive deep into everything from gut health to spirituality to functional movement and childhood trauma. Nothing is left off the table. Join me as I interview guests that include my students, my peers, and some of the great thought leaders in the world. No muzzles, nothing watered down, just authentic expression with no censoring. All right, guys, so welcome once again to the whole Being series. I'm so grateful to be able to welcome back a former guest in um, Kathy Sue Ann, and um, it's quite an exciting time in our lives. I had a conversation with Kathy, uh, what, about a week or so ago, and it was so cool, it was so compelling, so kind of deep, and I kind of want to replicate some of what we spoke about because I think it's really important for today. So just for you guys listening, um, this will be a bit available on YouTube, as well as on iTunes and all the other podcast channels that you're familiar with. Um, but, you know, we are going to kind of cover the whole of what we call the hero's journey. And we'll cover so many different subjects that I feel you guys listening are going to find quite relevant because a lot of you went through this, especially over this last two years where people have felt pressure, um, lethargy, apathy, stress, depression, and all sorts of stuff. So I think... And this is a really good overview insight for people that are trying to kind of find themselves today. And, you know, just the conversation that me and Kathy had, it was just a, I felt a powerful conversation. I wanted to kind of get Kathy on and do it officially as a recording. So, so uh, welcome to the podcast, Kathy. Uh, thank you, Warren. Honestly, it's a blessing to be here. I appreciate the invitation. You're really welcome. Um, so we're going to start off by talking about the hero's journey. So, I want to kind of just summarize this for people in general. So um, for most people um, today, if you ever study um, movies, um, what you'll notice that every single movie has pretty much, you know, the same kind of theme. They have this very, very similar theme where, you know, you have a bad guy, you have a hero, there's a fight, the bad guy loses, the hero wins. And, you know, every single film pretty much has that, especially if you've seen martial art films. It's always the same, just a different person. But, you know, The Hero's Journey, which is something that has been made popular by someone called um, Joseph Campbell, it just talks about this, this um, premise of um, a, a human who kind of, in a, in a physical sense, the, the Hero's Journey is this myth where there's a common template where it's a story about a hero who goes on an adventure, is victorious in a decisive crisis, and comes home changed or transformed. And that's kind of like the overview of um, you know, the hero's journey. And this decisive crisis point is a point in time where most people talk about this dark night of the soul. And... You know, there's a saying in, um, in, in, my, in one of the sports that I'm a part of and watch a lot, which is martial arts um, as well as boxing, they say that um, you either win or you learn. And so we know that so many people today are 
changing because of some form of pain, something that we call the, you know, the pain teacher. And so many people go through lives and they do things a certain way. And something happens in their life where they face some sort of pain, disaster, trauma, and it forces them to reevaluate their life and make decisions that will benefit them based on avoiding the thing that caused the pain in the first place. And that's kind of like a summary of the hero's journey. So like I said, getting back to, you know, Kathy, like, you know, we were talking, you know, last week and you were expressing a lot of really cool stuff about how your life has changed in the last two years and your insights in the last two years. So this could be quite a long answer that you give because it was so powerful and you had gone through so much. But if you can kind of just share some of that, you know, what you kind of, what you saw, what you went through, what insights you gained on your kind of journey as you were talking last week. Yeah, yeah, it was quite a deep conversation. And I guess I'm trying to recall, you know, like the key points that we touched on. Yeah. Um, and so, it was just such a, it was just such a nice flow to it. So it's like then trying to recreate what was said again. So yeah. I guess the answer will be somewhat similar, but it might be completely different. Yeah. <laughs> let's, let's, new... let's preface it in a different way then. Um, so tell me like where, where, so I remember how I kind of started it actually was um, I was saying to you that you went on social media and I hadn't seen you. And normally, you know, you're quite busy on, on the social media platforms. And I was looking back, I was trying to reach out to you for this podcast. And I was like, ah, I don't think Sue's posted anything for, for months. And I looked back and I think that, that the um, one I saw was the latest post I saw was like August last year. So it's like five, six months ago or something. I was like, wow, what's going on? And I reached out to you and I was like, are you okay? And stuff. And then you just started talking to me about, you know, what's happened to you in that period of time. So let's kind of start on that point kind of got off social media and you had you've gone through this journey over the last couple of years yeah so I guess it was um pre-lockdown so my dad had passed away um the end of January 2020 um and then COVID hit in March 2020 um and I'm a nurse so I was still out in the field working and things like that um and at that time although I was still busy working. I felt, okay, this would be a good opportunity because there's less distractions. I'll focus on the business and really kind of push things and get in touch with influencers and really just, I guess, cultivate the time to, you know, turn the side hustle or the dream, let's say, into the re reality. Um, so then I basically was charging through um, the months during the pandemic, both working and trying to build up the business and, I guess things kind of hit a peak and it was going really well. Um, but then in personal life, things were going down and then it got to a stage where they weren't counterbalancing. And I think probably by about 2020 August, I kind of kind of crashed with it. And when I say crash, it's like I just hit a point where I just couldn't muster up the creativity. I didn't have the energy to think of anything that I wanted to do with the business and I guess I really had to I guess sit with myself and be honest to to say like is this the right thing for me um you know at this moment in time you know because although things had an opening at the same time the rest of the world was pivoting too you know and, and they could then be stationary and, and I guess figure out what they need to what needs to be done next and I just kind of felt like I was just on this hamster wheel of just trying to keep up with 
the world you know mm. and just losing myself in what I think oh I should do this next or oh, I need to do this next it needs to look this way and losing sight of actually that's a whole job in itself and actually like to be creative it, it needs intention it needs strategy it needs space and it's not this domineering energy um, of do 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 and I just felt that I was actually just internally what I realize now is that I was really bullying myself to do things because oh this is a time where you should be hustling this is a time where you should be really making the best use of it you know and like being the strong person where it, it might seem the whole world falling apart but you've got to be you've got to be strong you've got to be successful you know but I just th- I just thought to myself but who's saying that why do I have to do that like um like why am I really doing it who's it for you know and I guess just asking myself those questions just led me to I guess to do an experiment within myself to say you know what would what would come up if I just left it alone you know meaning that I would still have the business in the background so I would still make the products because I love making it um, and I still have customers that way but maybe just not be the face fronting on the social media like just constantly just churning out just content you know just being like look at me look at me I'm doing this I'm doing this you know and and also that's not in alignment with my personality mm-hmm. so a lot of it was just really like an uphill battle and a struggle to to be performing I guess and you just think people are just doing this they're just scrolling for 10 seconds mm-hmm. but actually the the processes that goes on behind the screen it takes hours it sometimes mm. takes days you know and you just think how do you then capture somebody and I just thought that's what it is it's like you're constantly fighting for people's attention and how do you know what mark's going to hit what's not you know do you have the reserve to keep that like momentum going mm. you know because once the ball's going you've got to you've got to keep it up um and I guess like all that emotion just led me to, as I said, just that experiment of like what would come up if I didn't do it. Mm. And actually, like, I found a great sense of peace not being on social media because I I just felt like that part of it was doing it for other people. It was losing sight of like what felt right to me, what felt good. Although I know that's what you do in business. You've got to be out there. You've got to be seen. And I get that 100%. But I just think for me in this time in my life, it's just not the right energy that I need. It, it was almost like I I needed to be in a protective state and really still and really quiet. And yeah, to just, yeah, just to uncomplicate things, you know, because it's, it was then just adding another complexity to life already. And yeah. I guess during the period that a lot of us have went through, um, I guess for myself, I can speak to say that, you know, I didn't realise how complex I was as a person, meaning, you know, just the thoughts that arise, how it makes you feel, how you can carry things from your childhood all those different dimensions that were happening within me, all the different voices, let's say, is like the cattle market. Okay, you get up, now you do this, then you do that. What about this? How about that? You know, that constant dialogue. And I guess 
becoming aware to be like, oh my gosh, this is happening. What's going on? You know, and and probably going through a period of like, am I okay? <laughs> you know, um, but I guess that's what's led me more and more to seek to be like, there is more. Um, and through that seeking, actually, the information is there to say is like, that's part of you know what the I guess your awakening is. Is, is the awareness of you can question things you can question what am I doing what does this mean you're allowed to do that you know um and I guess from going from a place where I wasn't maybe consciously doing it because we do it but I guess I wasn't consciously doing it and now that I am I then went through a period where I was just constantly exhausted constantly tired and I was just like what is this you know and I guess through a day where I just like I was laying on the bed and I was just like oh my gosh I just want this to go away like what is this and I was just laying on the bed and I just heard this whisper just being like like dark night of the soul and I was like what is that you know and I was like okay and I went on google typed it in and I started reading 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 and I was just like is that what's happening to me you know and at first I was just like it makes sense you know, and at the same time, I was like, I've never heard anyone talk about it, you know, so then I started looking into it. And I guess the thing that came up for me was, you know, it's, there's beauty in what's happening. It's really painful. You're not sure what's going on. It's like your whole world's falling away. But, you know, you try and grab things and the more you grab, the more it falls away. But actually, the beauty that happens after that is you get to recreate your world essentially um but you have you you go through those process because you're I guess exploring different dimensions that you didn't know existed within yourself you know um without that being like oh that person's crazy oh I hear voices it's like it's not it's not like that it's it's a um it's a very subtle it's a subtle energy and it's, it's a subtle subtle knowing that is happening to you and you're changing um but nobody else can see the changes you know mm. but you feel so so different <laughs> and you're like oh my gosh I feel so different mm. and you go around people who you used to before and mm. you know things just don't quite click the same and I guess what I found is at times your my old self wants to fit back into to what I was or who I was let's say mm. and I I've come to that realization now it's like I'm then just saying yes to others and no to myself and it should mm. always be the other way around you know so once I guess I realize that it's, it's freeing but also it's like it can be scary at the same time because you now know better you now think different when I say know better meaning you know yourself better mm-hmm. um, and you think differently so then you're not in alignment with that anymore and you're you're kind of trying to force yourself to refit back into what you used to be and then that exacerbates the pain because you are mourning what I realize you're like mourning the loss of that old version version of yourself yeah um, yeah, and that happened um, like multiple times for me um, during the last couple of years in different aspects. Um, and I guess what I understand now, my 
not be right but I just feel like that's what we all do that's what is happening all the time you know like with the seasons like yeah but now mm-hmm. now I understand that consciousness is that like we are the season so you know with the life and birth and death like mm. that's that's all in sync with it mm. so it makes it makes sense to me mm. yes yeah, no <clears throat> yeah I mean what you were talking about is um because I was making notes there's quite a few things that you said one the um one of the things that you spoke about just now which was um and we spoke before about it, you know, did it start with you? And just realizing that, because some of the stuff that you're talking about, which is really cool that you're speaking about these things, is through your own investigation of self, you've realized there are specific things. And these, are, these things are rules, universal cosmic laws of initiation that we all go through. See, the thing is, is for all of you listeners, when we go to school, what we're not learning is the school of life. And that's what I always say to people, there's a different school. There's a school of education which you're under by the systems of, of the westernized world. But what you realize is you actually don't really learn much at school. You don't learn the true information about how to actually handle life. What you learn is a set of skills that are only applicable to a specific system, and that's it. The fact that 96, 97% of all millionaires and billionaires do not complete school shows you <laughs> that true wisdom is outside of school. And the school of life is, I remember Sylvester Stallone in the Rocky, Rocky Six film, Rocky Balboa, when he said, um, nothing hits harder than life. You know, nothing hits harder than life. And, you know, what you're speaking about is a set of initiations that we all go through when you speak about the dark night of the souls. kind of comes back into what I was going to talk about, you know, with the hero's journey, which is what you were expressing. So, you know, just uh, I'm just going to look at my notes on this, just because um, there's quite a few houses on the, on the hero's journey. But, you know, on this hero's journey, we all go through what we call the um, ordinary world. And so the ordinary world is... Um, the life that we start, the life that we're aware of, we start in the ordinary world. Um, so life to us is you grow up, you, you know, you're a child, you play with children, just the ordinary world. Eventually you get to a point in your life where you have what we call the call for adventure, where you realize that there's something bigger in you. You might say, yeah, you might watch, like if you're a black woman growing up um, in the 80s or 90s, you might have seen Florence Griffiths Joyner, the famous um, sprinter. 100-meter sprinter back in the day, and like, mom, I want to be like her one day. So you have this call to adventure. You see someone like her, or, you know, you could have seen Michael Jackson or, you know, someone, and he's like, I want to be like this hero. That's why they call it the hero's journey. And so then you're thinking about that as part of your life. I want to devote my energy to that. And then eventually to support that, you get to meet in the mentor of some type. Um, and this might be a, an uncle or a granddad or some old wisdom person that shares some truth to you and helps to guide this path that you kind of have decided you want to go on. So you make this mentor. And once you meet this mentor and you have a certain level of information, you cross the threshold. And crossing the threshold is where you learn to overcome a challenge by resistance. Um, and when you're able to resist this challenge, you cross the threshold. There's some form of challenge in life. So let's say you want to be this athlete and you get an injury 
that might be you crossing the threshold or you lose a race or something and you were winning before. You have to go through this baptism to cross the threshold. And then you get to a certain point where you have loads of experience and then you get to this point of um, tests, allies and enemies. People around you, family, friends, relatives will challenge you in relationships themselves. Um, and then you realize that it's not just your enemies, it's also your friends that can create problems in your life. So you go through these tests. And once you go through that, you get to a certain level of awareness, which is what you're talking about, where you get into this innermost cave. Um, this is where you have to get clear with yourself what your dream is and what you're responsible for with regards to that dream. You have to be clear on how you define yourself and whether or not you are truly living on purpose. And so most people aren't. Most people are just following along. They're just doing whatever they need to to survive. Many people are prostituting themselves. And I don't even mean um, the sexual prostitutes that everybody knows. I'm talking about prostitution in terms of um, doing things that they don't actually like for money, working in a job that you don't like simply because it pays the bills, um, or some job that you've trained in or that your parents want you to do. I want you to be a banker. Okay, I'll grow up and be a banker to appease you. You're just prostituting. So you get rid of that. You face these dark night questions that you were talking about. And once you go through this dark night of the soul, this innermost cave, this is where you transfer into this ordeal stage. Um, and it's the ordeal that you face of becoming that person. Because as you kind of expressed, when you change, the relationships you have with others also change. And that because, that's because of perception. Because perception is the most important tool when it comes to growth. Because perception is how you see reality to you. And if you look at something one way, and then your, your perception changes, that thing hasn't changed, but you have changed the way you view it. That's perception. And so you see if friends start to look at you differently because they realize that you're seeing things unlike how they see things. And then that creates an ordeal. Um, because now you have to change your friendships and relationships. Um, and then you get to the reward stage once you get through that and you're able to be comfortable in your own self-autonomy. Then you get to the reward stage um, and it's the rewards that you gain um, and you now have more, you just no more pain, you have more vitality, you're living on purpose. So you're in this reward stage and you're able to then from that point get to the road back. So you're completing the circle. You get to this road back stage and you require so much knowledge through pain through challenges that you're able to start teaching this information to others. Don't make these mistakes. It's like one of those um, gang members that was initiated into a gang and then eventually got out of the gang and then sees people that are about to go down that path and say, no, 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 don't do that. And I did that. Do this instead. So you start to shift that information so you're on that road back. And then, you know, the final stages are the resurrection when you become that person that you've always wanted to be and then return with the elixir which is where you share the wisdom back to the world, all the insights you have so that the next generation coming up learns the lessons quicker because you share the pitfalls. Mm -hmm. And that's, you know, the hero's journey. So I'm glad, you know, you kind of shared a lot of this stuff just now because especially as you, you know, you're being vulnerable um, and open, that's where true power is. You know, so a saying that I um, learned some years ago, years ago from Deepak Chopra, when um, he says, um, how you become um, invincible is by first becoming defenseless. Mm -hmm. you know, let go of your, 
of the defense of your own point of view <laughs> you know mm-hmm. that's true beauty and power and that's what you're doing what you're speaking on which is why i really wanted to get you to repeat this when you know when we're on this podcast is what you're speaking about is what a lot of people in the western world are going through but are too afraid to share because they don't want to show the weak parts of themselves because they're again afraid of being judged um it's just like a guy who has gone through some form of sexual abuse as an example guys don't talk about that sort of stuff and he's around his other friends and they're all going to the gym getting big and stuff and you know he wants to share his pain but he can't he can't and that's why i think we spoke about before is more men are committing suicide than, than anyone else now because they can't share this they can't be vulnerable they can't be open so i'm glad you're able to talk about some of these challenges that you've gone through in these last two years so before you were talking about i loved what you said about um posting and that it's you know it's not in your personality to be like this and you see that a lot like these people are as you said are performing and um they kind of had an argument with someone but now they've got to share a post they got to pretend to smile yeah check out my new thing and then they're back to being sad again and so it is a performance and so now we're seeing so many people that are projecting a balanced serene life but in the background they're in pain and they influence people who try to keep up with that perfect vision that they've created which makes it even more stressful for them because they believe that the people are following are perfect because of what they're projecting and that mm-hmm. again is a pantomime mm-hmm. so um yeah so continuing your um your journey you know when you were talking about at your work and um just the pressures that you had from the workplace to do certain things talk about like just your belief in this um ability to stand by your own choice just have your own choices in general in life um yeah so i guess with what's gone on in the last couple of years um i when the pandemic um hit and things there was no there was no ppe at the beginning and so forth so i would go and see my patients and just be as safe as possible keep myself safe keep them safe um and did that for the last what like 16 months let's say um and you know then it came in roughly firstly for the like home care workers to work with the elderly like they had to have the mandate to put in mm-hmm. and i guess in my head i was thinking oh that's not going to come to the nursing aspect mm-hmm. and then round about february that was when it said that they're going to make it mandate and that you know we have had to have had our first um jab by the 3rd of february to then complete the whole two dose by the i think the 3rd of april yeah or 4th of april um and i guess for me i was just like i just didn't feel ready i was just like no i've been fine i was safe throughout this whole period like even when patients had it i'd still look after them you know and i was fine and they were fine so i just didn't feel that doing it would make any difference you know I, I, like i'm just at a place where i'm like people will make the choice based on what knowledge they have and it's everybody's due diligence to to find out what they feel is 
what information is adequate and not to leave that up to anybody else do you know especially when it comes to anything that you're putting on your body or in your body you know it's the same way if you're buying your car or a house that you like you're going to go in you do the research you get a surveyor you do all your due diligence to make sure that is the right decision for me at that moment in time so for me I just said I'm not ready I'm about people having the choice and I just felt like if this happened it would then just be a very slippery slope of okay if it happens in the hospitals next why not schools why not in the supermarkets you know and you just think like one shoe does not fit everyone do you know if if something is suitable for somebody based on if they have an underlying health condition or so forth absolutely but for somebody who is young and healthy and vibrant you know for me the the risk of having it versus not having it I felt the risk of not having it was better for me than putting something in so that was my personal choice and and that's what I stood by um but literally I presented all this information to them, um, but it wasn't enough. They were like, this is not us. It's just what needs to be done. And we haven't done this before. And they said, well, you're the only one. Mm-hmm. And then that, that frightened me even more yeah, because yeah, I was just well. like, who do I talk to about this? How, how am I going to navigate this? Because there's, there's, I'm literally backed into a corner, you know, and I had multiple calls from my my, my line managers then it was the regional managers and then it was like the head of nursing so it was just like like either like every other day I was getting an email or a phone call you know so it was like literally about a month of just in this state of like you know what maybe I should just do it and get over it and I was like no no absolutely not that that's that's me making a decision based on what others want me to do based on something that actually has nothing to do with them you know and the I was then being called for a dismissal meeting um it was the the Thursday um and basically on the Wednesday so the day before that's when it was announced that they were going to do the u-turn so during that period I still had to go to work as normal you know seeing patients and pretending like I'm going to be seeing them next week or the week after all this thing but of course, in my inner world, I was like, like, this is so far from the truth. You know, like I've been looking after them for the last four years and I can't even share what it is that is really happening mm-hmm. and that I might just be taken away or just have to stop doing what I really love doing. I love looking after children. And yeah, it was really, it was really, um, I guess, just destructive the thoughts that were coming in but still you know I was being very hopeful and persistent in in what I felt was right you know and I honestly it was just grace that was just carrying me through like that period and I was just ready to walk if I had to walk I had to walk but I had to stay true to myself because at the end of the day whatever decision would be made I'm the one that would have to live with it it's not them and no matter how much coercion is being said, or oh, I'm fine. It's like, I'm really happy that you're all fine, but there's no guarantee with me. So if my, if my spirit, let's say, is saying to me, nope, I have to respect that because that's, that is the truest feeling to me. Mm-hmm. And my feelings are real and my feelings are valid and their minds are not yours. Mm-hmm. So it's like learning to respect that. But 
at the same time, it, it just opened my mind up to, I guess, the, the way how people kind of operate in a sense of they're just doing what they're doing. They're not really conscious of it. They're not thinking on a personal level. It's like, oh, it's not us. It's what the government said. And the government would be like, oh, it's not us. It's what somebody else has said. But I'm like, but who are those people? But who are those people? And then you look around and it's invisible. Everybody's looking over yeah. the shoulder, but nobody's there. Yeah. But yet still this is being pushed you know so yeah it was a it was a very intense period and literally as soon as u-turn was announced i didn't hear anything from anyone yeah, you know yeah, and yeah. i thought i i've just endured mm. a really intense month and i still showed up for work i didn't call in sick i didn't do any of that you know and people outside were saying to me oh just phone in sick do and i was like no because that's not me. That's not my style. I'm not trying to play a game. Like I'm just out here trying to be truthful and be honest and operate from that space, you know? So when, when it happened, I was just like, this is just crazy how you could be going through so much and like, absolutely nobody knows. Nobody knows. Yeah, and yeah. you, you are the one that has, has to cultivate your strength, yeah. you know, to really like comfort yourself because I guess yeah. the reality is like yeah the the care that you think is there is not really there yeah you know so you have to become that responsible either way um yeah. and that can be scary but yeah mm. yeah no I love what you said because um relating that to everything in life I mean you know for everybody listening it's like you can relate this to anything it's like what I'm thinking about is I always say this when, when you're walking down the road and um, you see someone that you're familiar with and they say, hey, how you doing? And you say, fine, and you keep walking. That is such just a throwaway comment because nobody really cares how you're doing. It's just what you say. And I always say, imagine you're walking past this person that you're familiar with and they say, hey, how you doing? And you say, I'm actually quite messed up right now. And they go, okay, and they just walk past you because they're not even paying attention because it's a throwaway comment. But suppose they actually stopped and said, huh? And you said, I'm not well. What would they do then? Because mm-hmm. they don't really want to know. Mm-hmm. So to your point, like so many people are living these surface level lives. Like even when I'm watching, it's fascinating. Like I'm not really into these shows, but that when you study human behavior, if you watch something like Big Brother or Love Island or one of them shows, and you see the surface level conversations that these people have. No one really knows what's going on under the bonnet because nobody cares. And so many people are so busy in their own problems, they don't care about somebody else's problems. So what you now have is a world, a westernized world, where everybody is just running around, chasing the next buck, running around, numbing the next pain, but not being connected. And, you know, this thing about human beings, we're human beings first. So... There's something in the body called the um, biological oscillators. And what this relates to is we have three different um, sets of um, sequence in our body that are, in, are supposed to be in harmony. And this relates back to what you're saying, and I'll get to that in a sec. So the brain, basically, when it's in harmony, when you're resonating on positive thoughts, basically, our brain resonates at 8 hertz per, um, per minute. Sorry, 8 hertz per second. And um, the second of these biological oscillators is the um, respiratory system and heart. Um, and the respiratory system, when it's in harmony, when we're healthy, we are breathing passively 
six to 10 times per minute. So it's a similar number to eight. Um, and our, then the last one is peristalsis, the contractile axis of the colon to eliminate waste from our body. And when, our, when we are in calm states, our natural contractions of our colon happen about six times per minute. So you have six for the colon, six to 10 for the respiratory system, and eight for the brain. So those are similar numbers between six and 10, basically. And what that shows is when we're in harmony, those sequences are perfect. And I bring that up because most people in the Western world have so much unresolved pain, so much trauma, they're constantly bracing for an event. They can't express their emotions, that their systems are out of alignment. And so what they do is they find ways to numb that, whether they use alcohol or drugs or training. Um, humans have mastered the art of deception to the point where they learn to lie to themselves and they can't be truthful. And that's the only way they can navigate through life. So we have this part of the brain called the reticular activating system. And that relates to this ability for us to be able to compartmentalize problems. So if you like what you're talking about, if you are going through some form of trauma, you're able to put that into the back of your mind and get to work and just deal with that and say, I'll deal with that pain later. And if we couldn't do that as a hunter-gatherer, we wouldn't be able to survive the next day because we'd have to be able to put our problems behind us and go and hunt. So it's something that's been built into us, but we are supposed to dissipate that on a day-to-day -day basis. So, and then I've gone through a lot here, later back to what you're saying. There's a book called um, Why Zebras Don't Get Ulcers. And what it talks about is, and it's a good title, <laughs> and what it talks about is um, when you study nature and you study animals in the animal kingdom, um, they are typically just grazing and chilling out for most of the day until they get attacked by a lion or something. And they'll survive or dead, you know, within five minutes. But after they do that, one of the things they do, if they, if they survive, you see them vigorously shake. And what they're doing is they're shaking to relieve the trauma at a cellular level from their bodies. So they don't need a counselor, you know, they dissipate it. And then they go back to their calm states. The westernized world doesn't have that. Um, they go to a counselor, which for me, this is my personal opinion, I don't think counseling is very good. I personally think what it does is it gives power to the story. Our ancestors, our, our indigenous um, tribes would dissipate. They would do ecstatic dance. They would do scream therapy. They would hit things. They would scream. They would um, do energy work. These are visceral things to move things at a cellular level. And they had people to talk to. <laughs> they were they realized the power of surrender, which is what you're, you know, you're doing right now and what you've been going through. They realized that the true power is in surrender and being vulnerable. But in this westernized system where we're trying to keep up with the Joneses and what's that phrase, put on a brave face. Mm. All of those are deceptions of you know, putting on these brave faces because you don't want people to know what your problems are. And a lot of that is because we don't feel safe, like what you're talking about. We don't feel safe to be able to do that because most people don't want to be burdened with your problems when they've got their own to deal with. So we end up in a society where everybody's keeping their own problems to the surface and they can't share. But one of the biggest things that tribes talk about is the shared power of the community to, you know, um, you know, share the load. 
which is, you know, sharing our problems. And that's how our society heals. We share the problems amongst each other. So I'm so glad that you're able to kind of share what you said, you know, and, and you know, just talking about the challenges, because like you said, you went through all that build up and then just stopped. Nobody actually did an apology. Nobody came back to you and said, we're sorry to put you through all that trauma. We were just, we felt we were pressured into putting pressure on you. Um, and we're really sorry for that. Just, just pressure, pressure, pressure. Okay, back to normal. And that's that, so sad. Because yeah. then what do you do with that emotion? Yeah, and, and that's what it is. It's like, what, what was I doing while it was happening is the same thing, mm. like having to find ways and means to, to comfort myself and really just be like, it's okay, it's, it's going to be okay. Just take it one step at a time, you know, do not be hasty. Um, it will unfold. And of course, when you're letting go of that, it, you, there's still a part of you that freaks out because you want to do something because you're like, okay, I've got to do something. What's, what's the plan here, you know? But no, I've still got to just carry on as normal. And I guess yeah. that's what I did. I was just like, you know what? I, what can I do right now? I'm mm. just carrying on as normal, taking it in my stride. I'm not, I'm not going to feed th that energy. I'm choosing not to feed that energy. And I guess it just highlighted to me even more is that like they, they don't care. A number, I am a number. I am a number in a system within a system within a system. They're a number in a system within that system and so forth. So then that highlighted even more to me is like, yeah, okay, you can love what you do, but you're still not free, you know? I'm still not free and and it, it came that close that somebody's telling yeah. me and was telling what millions of work healthcare workers that well for, for you to be in our building mm -hmm. you have to do this if even if you don't agree with it but to come in here and do what you need to do so we pay you that's what that's what the entry fee is but yeah. then if anything happens to you sorry about that but not not our not a problem, not our fault, is what it is. And I'm like, wow, but that's your whole life. Like, you, do you know? Yeah. And I was like, I, I don't know if people are not really thinking about the, the long-term impact of it mm. rather than, you know, a, a quick fix. But then I just think we're probably in, in that era at the moment. As you said, it's like, oh, what's the next thing? What's, you just want to get, we just want to get through it. We just want, okay, we just get these two things. Then we can go on holiday. Oh, then we can just do this. And you're like, but what if that means like in a year's time, yeah. something Long else, yeah. some, something yeah. rises up that wasn't yeah. there before. Yeah. But then that mentality is like, oh, well, when that happens or if that happens, we'll deal with it. But right yeah. now, yeah. Yeah. just need to move past it. We just need to, and I'm like, okay, well, that is just compulsion, this compulsive necessity. We're just doing, we're doing, yeah. we're doing. Yeah. We're not yeah. taking count, you know, and you just think that your body's taking count of everything that you think, what you don't yeah. think, yeah. what you do, what you don't do, it's nonstop. So yeah. if all of that is happening, mm -hmm. but you're not present in it, like, you, like life's going to get you. It's gonna, it's gonna get you one way or another. And when I say life, it's just the being unconscious is now a choice. I just yeah. think we're at a time and point that is people's choices now, and and if people are still choosing that, 
it's their choice and let it be and you know that's why I think more now than ever it's like like last time I was on Instagram there's a song that is about just drinking water and minding your business mm-hmm. right and I just think yeah like this is what needs to happen more just people minding their business and just staying hydrated and just calming down you know yeah yeah not getting angry because somebody does something different or they're living their life differently. Like just keep yourself to yourself and just, if you be happy and just carry on, if you're angry, just be angry with yourself, carry on. Stop trying to, you know, for people to just expel what they have inside to just, I guess it's just a release so that they feel better. Do you know, because they don't have maybe the connection, as you said, or, like the the consciousness to be so self-aware to be like oh my gosh i'm in pain that's why i'm angry so then that's why i'm hurting other people around me yeah hi guys just wanted to come on and share with you an offer of 10 percent off the phil kathy suan's range um the products range from body scrubs to body butters to facial oil to face masks um it's a wonderful array of products um really fitted and suited for all skincare needs you know because our skin's our biggest organ and it protects us for most of our day or should we say our lives and you know we can help protect and maintain this barrier by using wonderful products on our skin and by using the code alchemy10 this will then give you a 10% off um, any products that pique your interest and and I would say if you do have any questions about the products by all means do reach out to me I'd be more than happy to answer any of your queries okay thanks very much guys bye there's um I remember um there's a, there's a very famous um well he's got the biggest podcast in the world guys Joe Rogan I think we've mentioned it before Joe Rogan and he he's a comedian as well and he talks about um the problem with people is a problem with the problem with people is a problem with vegans and he just used it as an example as a joke and um he was saying that um most people like to be part of a specific clique so that they can bash other people for not believing what they believe mm-hmm. and so he said now look at vegans he said a lot of people that are too lazy to be christian muslim or jew because it takes work just become a vegan because you don't really need to it's not really hard to be a vegan technically if you just you could eat chocolates and fizzy drinks and you're a vegan but what it does do for those people that like to bash people is it gives them an opportunity to bash people <laughs> and he said that, so he said the problem with humans is the problem with vegans and it's, it's just that thing whatever you're not everybody will bash i mean even when we look at uh, football as an example um or for those of you listening to this that are in america soccer <laughs> even though you even though you kick the ball with your foot it's a football American football is not with your feet, so it shouldn't be called football. But anyway, um, I digress. So, you know, even with football, like, um, you've got someone who supports Everton and someone who supports Man U. But footballers will probably say, no, it's more about Everton, it's more about Man United and Man City. See, I am not a football fan. Um, and yet, one person's parents were Man City, and the other person's parents were Man United, so they grow up supporting that team, believing it as absolute truth. And these people will literally battle each other, sometimes physically come into blows over an opinion about something that they were indoctrinated into accepting as a reality from a child. Not really their own belief, but 
again, this just creates separation. So what you're talking about with the choices, the freedom of choice to be able to take something or not, this is the same with every aspect in the world. We all should be free to be able to make any choices in, in life and not to be abused for it. And that's what we're really talking about. It's all about freedom of choice, freedom of speech. All of these things are in general part of the hero's journey. Because, you know, part of the um, hero's journey is where um, in the Native American society or culture, they talk about this, um, we're all given this original medicine. Um, the original medicine is this gift that you have to share with the world. Everybody has their original medicine. And um, this original medicine, when you, explode, when you explore it correctly, it allows you to have what's called effective power or effective leadership. And one of the terms that they use for effective leadership is um, you know, this ability to be um, able to speak a truth, you know, to, to live with purpose and passion. And, um, you know, they say finding your voice and speaking the truth um, is one of the roles of, of the effective leader. Um, communication, they, they put it on the communication. So presence is one of them, communication is another power. And when you exude this power, where you're able to make your own choices and choose your own path, then you are living your original medicine. And so it's for all of us to be able to do what we feel is right for ourselves in our lives, in our business, in our career, in our belief system with regards to everything, food, um, relationships, and all that sort of stuff. And that allows you to embody the leader within you. And going back to what we were talking about with social media, so many people are just doing what they feel their audience wants as opposed mm -hmm. to what they truly want. So you've seen a lot of, um, I know very powerful, very successful influences that are ruined unhappy because they are now prostituting themselves they're giving their followers what their followers want to keep the numbers up and mm -hmm. so because of that they are unfulfilled so you know i always talk about this thing with regards to happiness success is getting what you want happiness is wanting what you get and so a lot of people they want success and they see that as just financial reward, but they're not happy with it because it's something that they're doing that they feel they have to do in the prostitute sense. So success is, you know, for them is just projecting money as opposed to wanting. The wanted part of it is doing something that they feel, feel fulfilled in. So just on that, let's just talk about um, what insights this dark night of soul that's kind of um, given to you at this point, like where are you at? Because I know you were talking before about, you know, your um, amazing um, body care company and just now not being sure what direction to go with, with that and then your own personal um, journey is in, are you kind of thinking more about what role you want to occupy next whilst keeping the company going and stuff? Where are you at with all of that? Yeah, um, I would say that I am in an exploratory, exploratory stage, meaning wanting to live on purpose. You know, I think, like, given what's happened, just how much my identity was tied into what I do, you know, um, and just realizing, oh, but that that's replaceable. So I guess I'm at a point where. I am, yeah, I'm, I'm seeking out what 
what my gifts are and and what what means of service that I can I can bring to the world and what mm-hmm. feels like the most natural the natural thing for me to do you know so it's like it then just becomes um an open space of like yeah of exploring and playing in in a new in a new dimension um I would say you know um yeah so like a book that you'd mentioned um about archetypes so um Mm. Yeah, because when you'd mentioned it, it's like something kind of perked up within me because I, I was just like, yeah, it's just about purpose. You know, it's like finding your purpose. And I just think um, it's something that everybody, if everyone's honest, like they're looking for it, you know. But I think yeah. just how we have been brought up and things like that is just, you know, what you need to do is like, okay, you go to school, you go to high school, you then go to college or you go to university, then you get a job, then you get married, then you have kids and you have a house, then you stay in that job, then you retire. And then once you retire, you start thinking about what you want to do. And I'm like, that's a trick. Like you'd be too old. You're just going to be like so tired from all the stresses that you've been in. But what is it that you've done for you? And it's like, there's that template that's been set out that as a human being, that's what you do you know like this is what the whole world's supposed to do and you're like no it's that journey is not the same for everyone so I guess it's like it's then to question well what is that journey gonna look like for me and I guess then that kind of rose up within me it's like well what do you enjoy doing you know and I'm like oh what do I enjoy doing Mm. and then you start asking yourself questions that you think at this stage of my life I should know but here I am yeah okay. <laughs> and, uh, and I'm not quite sure yeah and then yeah. this 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 weird thing of like oh what am I allowed to do mm, like mm. what I don't know like what am I allowed to do by society what am I allowed or what do I think or feel that I'm allowed to do within myself you know and I guess because I realized that I was so attached to my identity as a nurse yeah and mm. like it's like, oh, well, well, if I have to leave nursing, like, say, with the crossroads that I was facing, I was like, oh, my gosh, like, having an identity crisis. Oh, well, what are you going to do? And I was like, I don't, what do I want to do? You know? And, yeah, still, I still, I'm still working through that, um, being honest. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I think is, I, I know deep down that there's a healer element because I love helping people I love using my hands even like with my skincare products you know like mm-hmm. there's a real like honesty in what I'm doing and a real like a soothing to to be better to make others feel better to be an anchor you know and to be of service that way when it's, it's effortless it's effortless for me to to be open to care you know so I guess it's like finding a place that I feel that's more comfortable but doing it in my own way Mm. um and I guess yeah wanting to explore how that would play out so we're trying to work out what 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 is the next move to to do that and and I guess being brave to be like I don't know but just pick something and and try it yeah yeah (laughs) now that's a good segue because into the into the archetypal stuff so Every so often you can see I'm making notes based on what you're saying. So I like what you said about uh, allowances, like, you know, just being allowed and 
you know, what you said about um, identity and, and it's true. Um, most people cannot reference who they are outside of what they identify themselves doing. So again, I love films. So it goes back to this film that I saw um, called Anger Management with um, Adam Sandler and um, Jack Nicholson. Really good film, comedy, but there's so much truth in it. So in that film, um, it starts off with um, Adam Sandler being an introverted person who doesn't share his feelings. And so he eventually meets up with Jack Nicholson, who's this anger management coach. And he suppresses all his emotions so people don't think he has emotional um, explosions. And he's like really wound up. So, you know, there's this really important scene near the start of the film where um, Jack Nicholson says to him, um, describe yourself. And he goes, well, I'm a nice guy. I work at a nice job. He goes, you're describing your actions. I'm asking you to describe yourself. And he tries to just describe himself again. And he goes, no, you're describing such and such. And he goes, what do you want me to do? <laughs> and then he just makes a note in his manual. He goes, hmm. And then, um, and then eventually he says, you know what I'm observing from you? There are two types of people in life, implosive and explosive people. And he goes, the um, explosive person goes to a supermarket and is always upset at the checkout and just dumps on the checkout clerk um, because they're scanning the food too slow or they're doing something bad. And they're just constantly exploding to this person. The implosive person is the checkout clerk who gets abused every single day and stays quiet and comes in one day with a gun and kills everyone. And he goes, which one are you? Which one do you think you are? And he's obviously the implosive, the, you know, implosive one, not the explosive one. And so what you see is so many people holding so much pain and emotion inside them and suppressing it. And part of it is because they can't fulfill the role of who they are supposed to be in life and they identify themselves based on what they've done, not who they are. And people always lead with that. Um, you know, again, you watch any of these chat shows or dating shows or whatever. And one of the first questions is, what do you do? <laughs> you know, it's always, what do you do? <laughs> because people identify themselves based on what they do as a job, not who they are yeah. as a person, <laughs> to your point. And so that's the thing. I, I can't identify myself beyond what I do as a role in my job. And um, so that was really interesting that you said, because that is something that's definitely come up a lot for a lot of people. Um, another thing that you said that I wanted to kind of touch on was when you were talking about how it's taken so long to get to this point and you still don't really know what your purpose is in life. And that's quite normal. It's not, uh, um, it's quite common and quite normal actually, because in the first 35 years of our lives, um, we are in what's called the learning cycle of life. And in the next 35 years, we move into the teacher cycle or the mastery cycle. Um, and at that point, we are um, or an example to the world. And um, it means we are challenged um, by the world to be an example because we know better. You know that saying, those who know better do better. Mm -hmm. um, so the first 35 years of our life, we're amassing enough information because we're in that learning stage and eventually we get to that 35 bracket and then we're able to share that wisdom back to the world, which is why they have that saying, life begins at 40. Because mm. you're in that phase. Makes sense. Yeah, you're actually learning enough of life's lessons. You've gone through enough hardships and enough breakups and enough business failures and 
not getting enough death and all this sort of stuff that you have so much information you can share back to the world. And so that's quite normal, you know, to be at that point now in your life where you're trying to figure out what your role is because it's not supposed to happen until this point in time. So for everyone listening on the call, you know, that's not, that's quite normal. We, we have to go through these stages to get to that point of awareness. So going into this archetype, as, we, as you were talking about off air and as I, you know, wanted to move to as well, is when people want to find out what their role is in life, um, what they need to do is understand that we all came here with a soul contract. And that soul contract is living aspects of our psyche that need to be expressed in this world. And we call those archetypes. And the archetypes are the simplest expression of an idea, such as a chair. You know, a chair can be a sofa or a settee or a stool, but the concept of a chair we understand without an explanation. A chair is something I sit on. Every culture knows it. So it's, a, it's, it's a concept that we understand. Even a mother, you can raise your children differently in different countries, but the concept of a mother is universal. That's an archetype. So we all come on this planet with um, an archetypal role to be fulfilled, and it represents aspects of our psyche. And typically, we have about eight to 12 archetypes that sit within us. And most people that are unfulfilled are because they don't, they don't fulfill the roles of the archetypes in their life. And so the archetypes are things that are embedded within us from birth that are natural for us to be able to embody, such as you're a really good listener. Um, you're so good with words. You're a comedian. You're a natural poet. Um, you're great at mediation. You're an engineer. You know, I think I watched, we spoke last time about like in Africa, you've got children that they can just tinker around and build toys out of little scraps. No one's taught them. They can just do it. That's the engineer archetype. Um, someone who's a natural poet, someone who's good with words. I mean, look at people like um, Nelson Mandela or Martin Luther King. You know, they didn't necessarily go to talking school, <laughs> you know, but they're beautiful talkers. That's an archetype within you. <clears throat> and so, you know, we, we naturally have these callings for things that we're really good at. And once we start to find what our archetypes are, it allows us to embody the roles of fulfillment because so many people go through life and they're successful but unfulfilled. And you can only fulfill life if you fulfill the roles that you were born into as an archetypal expression in life. And so when we've tried to get people to become fulfilled and to live on purpose, it's about establishing what your archetypes are and then fulfilling those roles. And once you fulfill those roles, your life force energy is satiated into that energetic drive. So you feel that you are living on purpose because you can feel the buzz from what you're doing as opposed to just working in a job to, to make money. So, um, yeah, so you're going through it right now with the book, Discovering Your Archetypes. Mm -hmm. Yes. There's lots of them, isn't there? There's, yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and I think, like, from what I remember, there's, like, there's four that were all the same. Survival archetypes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah so those are... Uh, the prostitute, the victim, the saboteur, and the child. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so we, we all have those four within us. Um, and then we have you, um, eight unique ones. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. So uh, changing gears, um, so this has been a long one, so we're going to kind of start to wind down a little bit. Um, 
So going back to the um, social media stuff for a minute with influences and stuff, one of the things that I kind of want to share is, um, you know, it's really interesting that um, a lot of these influences that are online aren't doing their due diligence whenever they they um, market to their followers to follow something, whether it's to vote for a certain president or prime minister or to buy a specific food product or body care product. They have such a big network and they are getting so many companies wanting to use their platforms and they're being enticed by money that oftentimes they will promote some garbage product without doing their due diligence like what you were saying earlier and then sending that out to their massive list of followers and then their followers are trusting them because they are an influencer and these influencers have a platform that they've almost been deified now and it's sad for me to see this because again these influencers are not doing their due diligence they're just saying yeah okay gonna pay me to promote this kind of fizzy crap um, and I'll just put it to my influence, to my market. And those people will just do it because they love that person. Like uh, I was saying on my last podcast, Joe Biden, a lot of people despise Joe Biden. But an example is um, there was a rapper, can't remember her name, and she voted for, for him and said to her followers, and he's, she's got millions of followers, and she said to her followers, vote for him. And she hadn't studied anything about his... his um, his political views she just liked him and so what they were found in the study was that most of her followers who were millions um voted for biden uh, because they liked her music mm-hmm, mm-hmm. not because they shared her political view and not that she even studied the political view and that's how dangerous things are now it's such a dangerous market so that's why it's really as you said really important to really be authentic um and to only share when you feel to and to share a message that is aligned with you. So I was mm-hmm. wanting to just kind of say that just because of what you were sort of talking about earlier. Yeah, and I guess it's like what I kind of picked up from like social media is then is upholding that thing of just this copying, <laughs> copying and pasting. Like mm. this is what you do in terms of like, say people that I was even following, like their whole page just turned into adverts paid adverts yeah using this product them doing this and I was like I didn't come on here to to see products like I came on here to hear you talk or you know like fine if it's that that's pertaining to like what you really use but Mm. I know for a fact that there's no way that you're using all these different products every week because you can't even keep up with it like that's just not not possible so so then I was like that like from my point of view that just takes away their credibility because I'm like you're just utilizing your platform to to use others and you're also and you're also being used really and truly um so then it's like it's inauthentic you know and then what then also that I noticed was like say friends would then start posting their own pictures and then they would be like oh tagging this shirt oh this is from like say next oh my hair band is from and I'm like you're walking around like monetizing your whole being Mm -hmm. and self 
And I'm like, but who are you doing that for? Oh, my nail polish. Oh, this is from so-and-so. And you're like, really, like you're just putting money to items that you have or value to the things that you're putting on your body rather than like like what you what you what you're adding to it you know yeah, like yeah, what yeah. is coming out of you for you rather yeah, than yeah. like what am I putting on me and that gives me value so okay I, I get this Gucci nail polish yeah. oh look at me I'm wearing wearing Gucci nail polish but to the eye can't tell the difference color yeah, looks the same yeah, it's yeah, nail yeah. polish yeah it looks yeah, nice exactly. like why saying that that name has yeah. validation you know? Yeah, they're, they're, yeah. They're, they're and then I, I just yeah and I just think it's that way it's like as you said it's like they're influencing and then people are then copying that and then that then becomes this new standard let's say of of emptiness and I'm like mm. there's no weight behind it and actually then what's happening it just appears that that's what Instagram is about yeah. and then I think maybe for people like myself it's then like oh this is not the platform for me but no it's right it is the platform for everyone but it's we're in that crux of who gets the more most air, air time somebody who's talking sense versus somebody who is just showing their ass mm. <laughs> like do you know and as sad as it is but that that is the truth of it and mm. it's like is that giving people what they want or is that giving people what they think that they want that they're just are just consuming it rather than being consciously yeah. aware of what what is being forced into the, the psyche, let's say. Yeah, and, you know, for people that listen to stuff, and oh, it's just the way the world is now and there's nothing wrong with it and social media is good. And I would just say to people, um, there's a saying, um, testing, uh, how do you say it? Testing solves all arguments or something like that, testing solves all arguments. And whether, you know, people want to debate whether or not the stuff that we're talking about is correct, I would just say, simply look at the world. The world and what's happening with the young today shows you whether or not this system is working. Mm. Suicides going up, um, death and murder and, you know, are going up. And you can say, oh, well, death's going up because there's more people on the planet. Desensitization is going up. Uh, people murdering people at younger ages is going up. Um, so we know that, um, oh, um, you know, it's just like going back to what I was saying about that, um, things like, what's that show, the Love Island yeah. sort of stuff. I, I remember I was watching uh, one scene on it where they were doing Truth or Dear. And um, so it speaks, I think they said Truth. And, you know, these people are honestly saying, you know, this stuff. They say that how many sexual partners you've had. And these people are like 18. They're like 18 years old. How many mm -hmm. sexual partners? Like 100. And I'm like, how are you getting through 100 people at 18? When did you start? Two. <laughs> it's crazy. And, <laughs> and, this, and, you know, and I speak to people that are younger, that, you know, some of them I coach and stuff. And they're like, yeah, this is normal. What are you talking about? Yeah. And, you know, just things of, um, you go on a date. Yeah, supposed to have sex right Wait, you're on about. And that's normal. Mm -hmm. It's like, what if I happen to build a relationship? Relationship, what are you talking about? And mm -hmm. that's unsustainable, like what you said um, about women, because um, it's mainly the women, obviously, that are showing their ass. I don't think most women care about men showing their ass. No. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, no, thank you. Like, yeah, um, but, 
we know when something's wrong when the Dalai Lama has like four million followers and Kim Kardashian has over a hundred million. Mm-hmm. You know something's wrong there. Um, when the wise, when we seek um, titillation over wisdom, we know there's something wrong. And we mm-hmm. see that in society. So whether or not people listen to this think we're incorrect, the proof is in the pudding, as they say. All you have to do is look at the world today. Mm-hmm. And I found something interesting. I was watching a, um, a video on YouTube um, a couple of weeks ago, and um, it was talking about, are you familiar with... Um, only fans yes I've, I've found out about it and i was just I think like, maybe i told you about it last week or so i'm not sure like i'd, I'd heard about it like because somebody had made i think it was like 2020 i found out about it because somebody was making it a friend was making a joke about yeah like during the lockdown like people are getting really rich through mm. only fans and i was like what is it football thing <laughs> like no it's like you could literally set up a, a channel and they're like you could show your toes because like people have fetishes about feet mm-hmm. and it's like and I was just like what and people pay to watch it and they're like yeah and it literally blew my mind I was sitting there and I was just like what well, people pay to just in their That's room and, and I was just like <laughs> something wrong with society and um as you said like um we're in, a, in a, we're in a consumer industry right now where people are constantly looking for the next fix to stop them from being centered and to connect with self. People are trying to busy themselves to the point where they don't have to have a conversation. And that mm. conversation is a self-introspective conversation, like what you were talking about, asking the big, bigger questions of why. Mm-hmm. And it's only, as they say, if you don't go within, you go without. Mm-hmm. and it's only when you go inside yourself do you discover all the lessons already in there as um, the Native Americans say um, we are the ones we've been waiting for it's not someone in the sky to come and save you mm-hmm. it's within yourself and another saying you know, the helping hand you're looking for it's at the end of your own arm mm-hmm. you are your own help but you can only do that when you stop the stimulation and be still enough to actually hear. So, you know, for me, like, the lesson for everything is stillness. Once you're quiet, like what you're talking about, once you have a moment of quiet, you have a moment of reflection and introspection, you can hear the voices inside. And it's not a voice of craziness. It's Mm -hmm. the voice of your intuition, of your higher self, the intrinsic gut feeling that people talk about. We all do this from time to time. Like, we'll, I don't know, invest in a pair of shoes or a company or whatever and something will happen to that thing we invested in and we'd always have this saying i knew it i knew i should have trusted my gut that's Mm -hmm. that inner voice that we're talking about it's always right so to heal you know i kind of because obviously we've spoken about a lot of the challenges in the world kind of finish i want to just talk about the things that we can do um to kind of heal to um you know, to apply the wisdom of the lessons and how we can become better people for that. So I'll share some stuff and then I'd love to hear you just with your insights of what you've gone through over the last two years and stuff about things that you're kind of doing for yourself to kind of get yourself to a point of um, clarity. So, you know, for me, some of the stuff I always teach people is simple, get a journal. Just get a journal and every single day write down your thoughts it doesn't matter what you write 
is negative. What matters is you need to be aware of it because again, to change, the first thing that has to happen with change is awareness. So you have to be aware. And so many people are on autopilot all the time. They're not even aware that they're berating themselves. Just on that for a second. Um, I remember I saw a video of um, these women that were watching these other women um, using incredibly negative language about themselves. And it was like a show where they had to sit down and watch these women on camera berating themselves so that they could learn to not do it. And these women, let's just call them group A because it'll be confusing to say these women and these women. So group A were witnessing group B berating themselves on video. And then what was interesting about it was that the day before that, these group A, the observers had to write down their own thoughts about themselves. Mm. What they didn't know was that group B was given their scripts and they were literally reading their scripts. And uh, group okay. A was shocked. And they were like, how can they say that about themselves? And then they were like, no, that's what you have said about yourselves. And they were like, mm. what? So this shows you that we are so on autopilot with how we think about ourselves. So writing stuff down is like an incredibly powerful tool because it will start to make you be aware of what you, what you speak into reality. And then the next thing I'll say is just try being silent, you know, practice silence for like 10 minutes a day. If 10 minutes is too scary, five minutes, turn off your phone, put it on airplane mode and just be silent. Witness the majesty of the planet and you'll realize how powerful you truly are. Like my coach, Paul Checky, always says, do you know how hard it is for you to get here on this planet right now? Um, Yogananda, who's a very famous sage, Indian sage, said um, it takes eight million lifetimes to get to occupy a human body. Yeah. So once you realize the, the majesty of the fact that you're here, you would mm-hmm. celebrate yourself every moment. Mm-hmm. So, you know, those are my takeaways. Once you celebrate that, just, there's nothing to be upset about because you are a, a miracle just being here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, love that, love that. So for you, like, just sharing your, um, for yourself, like, with all the journey that you've kind of gone through, what's your next step for your own growth? What sort of things are you doing to kind of get yourself to clarity? Um, I guess, like, as you said, like, journaling, um, I guess I, I go through periods of doing that, but something that I did that I found quite helpful was I kind of went back over the last few years and just wrote down like a timeline, you know, just like each like so 12 months. And then I kind of reflect, just sit and just reflect like what, what were the kind of big things that happened within that? And then I just kind of went through it so I could really kind of see what came up to tease out, you know, kind of what what stuff I w- was continually carrying because I guess there was a stage where I realised that I was ruminating mm. on things and I didn't realise. I was like, oh, my gosh, but this thing happened, like, quite a few number of years ago, but, like, I'm still thinking about it so I guess once I'd written down that timeline and then I I became very aware of 
just watching my thoughts, just seeing what was coming up or like what I thought about today. And then I could see things that I was thinking about that was past. I could then revisit those things on a deeper, I guess a deeper level and just be like, what is it that I'm still bothered about? So as you still, still being still and trying to look at it from a different perspective. And also, I guess what I found really helpful was um, just being really compassionate yeah. with myself you know and and then I think because I was able to do that I was, I'm, I'm a lot more I guess quick to to be that way with others like I feel like I'm naturally that way anyway but I guess be, through that own self um I guess refining let's call it I can I can get to that place quicker mm-hmm. um so I guess what's helped me is just becoming aware of my thoughts mm. you yeah. know and you when I when I am then aware of it to to take take note of it and try and replace it with a different story you know mm. on on a, a somewhat lighter note or if it's still a bit sensitive just you know re- remind myself like you know it's not about having it all figured out um because what does that even mean? What does that look like? You know, um, and I found as well, you know, find like-minded people mm. if you can, or like try and even if you have a small group or one person that you do feel is on, I, I would say, a spiritual journey. So when I say a spiritual journey, somebody who is quite open to to growth, you know, so open-minded, like really can see the beauty in life aside from what's going on you know you can touch on different um topics I think if you have a person or even an online group like that I found that 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 is helpful because you then have somewhat of an outlet to be like you know you're not the only one that's feeling like this because I think if if you're coming from a space where you weren't consciously aware of your thoughts to then being that way it can sometimes feel isolating because you're just like oh but everyone else is just carrying on but you know I'm having all these things I can't talk to my my really close friend about it I've tried to but it doesn't feel right it feels weird it makes me feel even more um isolated so you know what let me just keep myself to myself and I think yeah that's okay for a period of time but it is good to to be open and speak to others so it's like I guess when you feel that level of connection to somebody like yeah just just really show their appreciation for it and and yeah I guess bask in it and I guess another thing would just be like just keep learning like I've just found that during these past few years is just this incessant um, desire to just learn more understand more and, you know, you just get little golden nuggets that will lead you mm. to different books or podcasts or just anything. And then that kind of fills you up a bit. So part of it is it is just your own kind of self-discovery. So I, I'd say I would encourage that one the most is like to to just question things and explore a more mystical and spiritual side of Mm. of life you know mm. yeah because it's almost like the, I guess the way that I could put it it's almost like 
like somebody could be like oh yeah like a man and woman get together and like then a baby just comes mm-hmm. but you're like but the yes that is what happens but like the magic what happens in the hidden mm-hmm. like there's so much there to uncover so it's like you know how can you look at like old let's say old things with 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 new eyes (laughs) or you know like so just as you said it's like your perception is is super important and that is everything so it's like yeah you know like the moon somebody would like oh that's just a rock in the sky Mm -hmm. you know and you're like no I don't think it is but you know maybe last year I might have thought that but that's not to say that it's it's changed I think yeah those Yeah. yeah went on a tangent there but I, I feel like those are oh, the good that have, yeah. that have, like I've that's helped me yeah okay that's beautiful thanks for sharing that and thanks for all your time today um as a guest and sharing and opening up and just talking about a story that is familiar to so many that so many are hiding behind and not willing to share so obviously you've got your body care range so let's just touch on that because we're talking about authenticity and things that you can put on your body and in your body and you've got a great product line I've bought some of it myself so again not just advertising something that I don't believe in <laughs> yeah. and I know people that have bought your stuff so um to share what you, you know people want to get some of your amazing products what are they some of the lines and then what, what's the company yeah so I have my own skincare range um is a fill from head to body range. So I do like face masks, um, facial oils, moisturizers, um, and exfoliators. Um, and I would say the key things is just to nourish, protect and heal your skin, you know, mm-hmm. in in a very natural um, way and very soothing. So like for me, I use my products every day. I swear by them. Mm-hmm. Um, they came out of, I guess, uh, a need to to stay youthful and keep glowing so I started making the products um, when I was doing night shift as a nurse and you know just doing the day shift night shift like your body is just constantly going through all these hormonal changes and I would sometimes look at the older nurses and be like oh my gosh like their skin and I was like I don't want my skin to be like that you know and I I could see it was happening to my own skin and I guess that was like a driving force to to encourage me to be like oh like what can I use to as a preventative let's say rather than wait till that that time comes so the products I guess stem from that um and just a change within myself just wanting to be more natural Mm. yeah and what's the company and and the website so the company is called Kathy Suan. So it's Kathy with a K. So it's K-A-T-H-Y-S-U-E-A-N-N-S. So I am on Instagram, but I'm not that active there. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> I am still there. Um, but you can message me there. Um, or you can email me at kathysuans at gmail.com. And then also I've got my website, which is kathysuans.co.uk. Cool, cool. Thank you very much. And we'll put all of that in the show notes. So again, once again, um, guys, stay healthy, happy, whole, in whole being health. And don't forget, I'm running my retreat, my first retreat in Bedfordshire, June the 10th, 2022. Hope to see you there.